We pray as always, come Holy Spirit. Come Lord, we give you permission to do what you desire. Make our minds, our hearts, and our souls fertile soil that your word may bear great fruit in our life. Illuminate the scriptures for us. Convict and console our hearts. Speak for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Yesterday, we had the Right to Life March in Baton Rouge. The day prior was uh, in Washington, D.C. And in uh, recent years at this time of the year, I've preached about the reality in the midst of the church when we're speaking about the the abortion issue. What we need to, to understand and to live most profoundly in a very real, tangible way, because where it's the rubber hits the road, is, is loving and supporting with, like, all that we are and all that we have, men and women, women especially, who end up in crisis pregnancy situations. Uh, I'm not going to dive into that, because the last number of years, that's where I've focused my homily. So if you, if you want to hear about that, you can go on our podcast, Standing in the Gap, I have a YouTube talk from, I don't know, it's like seven years ago or something. Same thing. It's like a longer form version of the reality that, again, essentially uh, a woman in a crisis pregnancy situation doesn't, doesn't need to hear that she's pregnant and that's a child. She, she knows that. And it, because of the crisis, then it's like, oh, my gosh, I don't know what to do. And reason goes out the window, right, and fear begins to take over. And so what we need to do most profoundly is to be able to walk with them, to sit with them, to support them, to love them, to give them tangible resources and all of this. So, uh, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that to the side, and I encourage you to go check out um, my former homilies or things if you're, if you're interested in that. But it doesn't make it any less important, even with the, the change in Roe v. Wade. Right? It's, we just know now it's up to the states. And again, everywhere, we need to live this. This is a part of the gospel that we need to live very more intentionally and intensely as a church. What I want to preach, out, preach about today is, is related to that, but kind of stepping back on a more fundamental level. Whether we're approaching the abortion issue or any difficult issue in our own lives, any of the issues around human sexuality, around the economy, uh, political realities, immigration, uh, just, just everything. What do I do with my own resources? How forgiveness and mercy and caring for the poor, all of this. What do I do in terms of recreation in my own life? The deeper question that we need to look at is how do I fundamentally view the world? Do you ever ask yourself this question? Like, what lens am I fundamentally looking at the world through? Because all of us have one. All of us have, and oftentimes, actually, it's mixed right? There's a, uh, a, re, uh, a Catholic former, he's passed away now, Frank Sheed, Catholic theologian. He says, you know, we have a lot of people, and this is speaking on a broad spectrum, 
worldly minds, and he's speaking about folks in the church, worldly minds with Catholic patches. A worldly mind with a Catholic patch. What, what does he mean? What is he saying there? He says, I know I'm, I'm having like a broad brush stroke, but all of us, as you've heard me say before, are influenced by everything we consume. Everything we listen to, everything we read, everything we watch, the entertainment that we engage in, it's, it's forming us and informing us in some way. And unless we're very intentional about how we're understanding it and decisions that we're making, we're just kind of like swimming in it and it's, and it's forming us. Have you ever found yourself like, oh my gosh, like, why am I doing this or why am I thinking this? And it's like, okay, because I'm not being very intentional about what I'm consuming. I'm just kind of swimming along with the current. And so many of us who are Catholics, right, we have these minds. And if we're honest, and I, I, I'm more and more convinced of this, I think generally folks in the church in the U.S. that what influences our vision of our day-to-day living more than the gospel is our political vision, where we find ourselves on the political spectrum. And if you're honest with yourself, that definitely probably influences your life on some level. And it's, and it's sad that it does. And we should understand that it's sad that it does. And it's an invitation in that for like real conversion. Or Jesus is speaking in the gospel tonight. In the midst of darkness, a great light has arisen. And then he calls us this turn to repentance, to turn away from sin and to turn towards him. And to have our minds, which, which we begin from the beginning, that are affected by original sin, we said, we have a darkened intellect. It is so important that we have to understand this, that we come into this world with the effects of original sin that we don't always perceive the truth rightly, even if it's right in front of us. Again, we can all think of these experiences that we have like, oh my gosh, I thought this way for such a long time and I thought this was completely right and like now I found out that my parents are actually right. Like this is crazy, like what's going on, you know? Or whatever. Um, Maybe you haven't gotten there yet, but you will one day, so just FYI, all right? But as we're going, again, this asking, what are we doing to make sure that our minds understand the truth rightly? St. Paul, in his letter to the Romans, says this. He says, be transformed. Like, all of you are here at church. So the presumption is you desire transformation in your life. You desire some form of conversion and growth and virtue and these things and to live a life more like the life of Christ. That's a presumption that you're here, that this is at least a level of a desire in your heart. And so one of the things things St. Paul says is, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Why is the mind important? Because the two fundamental commandments that Jesus gives us, he says that everything are summed up in these. Love God and love our neighbor. Everything. St. John of the Cross summed this up saying that the end of our life, we will be judged on one thing, and that is love alone. Love of God and love of neighbor. And as you heard me maybe say ad nauseum, the, the clearest definition of the greatest love is this to will the good of the other. That I know what is good and I choose it for someone else. I'm willing the good of the other. 
But what's, what's inherent in that definition is that we understand what is actually good. Right? What is authentically, objectively good. You know, all of us at different times are like, okay, this is good for me. I want to do this, you know. Um, and and we, we later on realize, like, that was not good for me. This is not a positive thing in my life. It could be because sin is a perceived good, not an actual good. It's I think this is good in this particular moment, so I will choose it, but it's a perceived good, not an actual good. And so because we're confused oftentimes, because our minds and our hearts, right, are moving in the wrong direction, we have the wrong vision of the world, it needs to be informed. And when we know the truth, then that is when we are capable of willing it. So if we don't actually know what is authentically good, what is authentically true, then we can't actually truly love. I'm going to say that again. If we don't understand the truth and the objective truth of things, we can't actually love. Because to love is to choose the good of the other. And many times, you know, we're out there saying, well, I'm doing this as a loving thing. But in whatever we're enabling someone to commit sin, ourselves, someone else, it is not loving. Even though there may be great sentiments in our own heart. Sentiment is a wonderful thing. Feelings, the Lord has given us, given us them, they're great. But they're not always ordered towards the truth. They're not always ordered towards the good. And this is why love is not to do what feels the best. Love is not to do what makes me comfortable. But love is to will the good of the other. And oftentimes that comes at, at great sacrifice. That I actually have to choose something that is against my desire. They have to choose something that is against my inclination for the sake of my own good and the good of others. So we don't have a proper understanding of that, we'll, we'll miss it, right? And so we have, and again, we have to acknowledge these worldly minds with Catholic patches. And this manifests itself most clearly when there's a personal struggle that we're going through. And we could just list off so many different issues, what they may be there, all the sexual issues, the economic issues, anything, human relationship stuff, forgiveness, right? Bitterness, resentment, name it. When it's something that I'm coming up against that's difficult, when there's a temptation, it is easy for me then in that moment to believe like, okay, well, the good thing is to choose what is comfortable, the good thing is to choose what is easy. The good thing is to choose what, what I want. But actually the good, the Lord is the one who gets to decide that. And oftentimes, again, because of our fallen human nature, we have to exercise sacrifice, denial of self to choose what is right and beautiful. So where do we start to understand these things? We have to start with a proper vision of God. Because everything that we understand about the human person flows from who God is. We're going to profess in the creed in just a few minutes. I believe in God, right, who has created all things, all things. Nothing that exists has 
come into existence outside of God's creative act. And so he has set everything in its proper order. And unless we understand who he is, then we cannot understand how we are to love rightly. So I, I want to encourage you. And he, he, here's where, you know, oftentimes you hear me talking about praying and studying and, and, and loving. Like these, these, these practical things that we have to do here over and over. I'm here to tell you, if you are not consistently informing your mind of the truth, then we will continue to be led astray. Because, again, everything that we're consuming is in influencing us. So if, they're not, if there's not consistently during the week, and if not during the week, every day, that we're not reading something, that we're not listening to something, that is informing us of the truth of who God is and who we are, then we're allowing the world to form us more than the Lord. And we will continue to be people with worldly minds, with Catholic patches, instead of more and more a Catholic vision of the world. And so there's two places, three places actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to direct you to begin to start, if you haven't already started, if you have. The first is, if you haven't heard of the Rescue Project yet by Father John Ricardo and his team with Acts 29, you just go to their website, rescueproject.us, just, just written all out, rescueproject.us. And it's really just a series of talks that is unpacking the gospel message. Again, until we understand who God is and what he's done for us and the fact that like we're in the midst of our relationship with the Lord both this beautiful love affair like the Lord loves us and we love him but also like a real battle for our souls the enemy is real and he desires our eternal damnation and in many of that again is trying to confuse us and to lead us astray and so as we father Ricardo is just going to walk us through the gospel message of who the Lord is who the enemy is, who we are, and how to respond. And then from there, it begins to illuminate everything else. The second place I want to point you is to a website called Prime Matters. Prime Matters. So primematters.com. Primematters.com. Prime as in like the first fundamental things. And so again, it's just this website specifically is, is ordered to having us what they call a Catholic imaginative vision. That I'm looking at the world with a Catholic lens. That I'm understanding God, myself, all human relationships, everything in the world through a Catholic lens, primematters.com. The third you've heard me uh, mention before is the catechism. It is a treasure, a treasure, a treasure. Maybe many of you have listened to Father Mike Schmidt's podcast, and he, uh, Bible in a Year, and now he's doing a catechism in the year. Dive in. Dive into understanding these truths. And of course, this study will not find its proper fulfillment unless we're praying. Because it is by encountering the truth that then we're opening ourselves to a depth of relationship to the Lord, who is truth itself. And then it's not just an informing of the mind, but a conversion of the heart. It penetrates deeply into the heart that we can move forward in loving in a tangible and practical way. And so maybe, you know, you're like, okay, Father, this is a boring homily. You know, like this is, and you're just talking about these things and forming the mind. 
But think about the things in your life that you know the church teaches one thing. Could be abortion issue, could be lots of hot topping and very sensitive issues around contraception, same-sex attraction, treating of the poor, immigration, you name it, forgiveness. Well, what's, what's the topic that you know the church teaches one thing? Maybe you don't know why, but you've heard her teaching, and you're like, mm, I'm going to choose different. Why is that the case? Why is that the case? Again, I know these are all very sensitive things, and there are lots of stuff, and I'm just kind of dropping the topics out there, you know? It's not these little bombs, all right? Not, not exciting for everyone. I, I get it. But I'm trying to have us understand this more fundamental reality. Is it because I have allowed my own fallen human nature in the world to form my mind and my heart more than the gospel? And the reason the gospel is hard sometimes, again, is because of our fallen human nature. But when, brothers and sisters, we allow the Lord to reveal to us who he is and who we are, and we accept it in the midst of our mess, there is a mercy and a power and a light that is transformative. And one of the coolest things that I get to see in my life as a priest is people who go, you know what, Father? I hated the church for teaching this thing. I hated the church for teaching that thing. And it just kept pricking me and just kept pricking me and just kept pricking me. But some matter of grace in my life opened me up to just be open to the church's teaching. Man, I wrestled. And man, I kicked. And man, I screamed. But as I submitted to the Lord's mercy and his truth, I know his love in my life and his power in my life like I never have before. And I don't want to go back. Even though there's temptation, and even though there's difficulty, I don't want to go back. As we're approaching these issues, as we're approaching our whole life, what lens are we viewing the world? Let us seek ever more deeply to have our minds transformed by pursuing the truth of who the Lord is and who we are, that we might do the things that he asks us to do, to love him and to love our neighbor, both in this life and for all eternity. You've been listening to the Christ the King at LSU podcast. If you would like to become a golden giver or learn more about what we do, please visit ctklsu.org.